Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Thanks to everyone who's been listening and tuning in um, every day. Uh, We're going to talk today about godly leadership and the qualities that I've noticed and seen about um, uh, godly leaders. Uh, For us as believers, there's a call in our heart to leadership. There's a call to be a person who sets an example, to be a person who's followed. You know, there's people who, uh, famous people, I think of Charles Barkley, who um, I remember making this pretty famous statement where he said, uh, he said, your kids shouldn't look up to me. I'm not a role model. And that was soon after he kicked a cameraman where it counts um, because he was angry about something. But whether you want it, whether he wants it or not, he is a role model. He's someone who uh, was skilled in an area, but when it came to character, lacked integrity. You know, you see so many uh, athletes and famous people who are looked up to, and then all of a sudden there's a moral failure. So for us as Christians, if we're going to talk morality, it's the one area where we're supposed to be an example to the world. Unbelievers, even if they don't believe in Jesus Christ, should be able to look at us and say, those are the nicest, sweetest, but also the most um, uh, clean, have the cleanest lives of everyone I know, and the, the people who stand up for what they believe. I don't believe that the, the greatest thing someone can call you is kind. I believe the greatest thing someone can call you is uh, uh, being like Jesus and standing up for the Word of God. We're going to suffer persecution. It dawned on me today that I'm, the, I'm part of the minority. As Christians, we are the minority. You know, we're the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who are standing up amidst persecution. We're, we're actually promised it in this life. So if you're okay being part of a persecuted minority that believe in Jesus Christ and people hate on us because we believe in creation and not evolution, and they'll say the, the, year, the world is hundreds of millions of years old, and we'll say, no, it's not. And they're going to look at you, well, science has disproven creation. No, it hasn't. Science has disproven evolution. Um, you know, but stand up for what we believe. I believe the Bible. Yes, I believe it literally. I believe when, when, when God created the earth that it wasn't 400 billion years ago or whatever the numbers are, right? So we, we stand up and we're part of the minority because of it. But let's talk about godly leadership. So number one, godly leadership does the right thing, sets the right example every time. There has to be a conviction in your heart when it comes to what you believe. I remember when I got out of Bible school, a number of years later, um, I was in business, but I remember this moment where I just thought to myself, where it dawned on me, I have, to, I have to know what I believe. I have to be settled on what I believe. I can listen to someone else's preaching, and that's where people get mixed up. They take a little bit of preaching over here, a little bit of preaching over there, and they never establish for themselves what they believe. You have to decide, do I believe in the power of God? Do I believe that when I lay hands on the sick, they're going to recover? Am I a person who's just okay preaching a nice message? and I'm, Or am I going to go for souls? Am I going to go for the to see people touched by the anointing? Am I willing to suffer the persecution? Okay, and if I do believe in it, where's my scriptural evidence for it? If I, if I, someone said, talk to me about the baptism of the Holy Ghost, can I sit down and show them that in the Word? For me, as a minister, that's where I have to be. The Bible says a capable minister, uh, where I'm skilled in the Word and I can take people through the Bible on these subjects. But number one is you, uh, leader, godly leadership does the right thing and sets the right example every time. So we live with this guiding principle on the inside that it doesn't matter who's looking, who's not looking, our behavior and our actions won't change if we're being watched or not being watched. 
you know, I remember hearing in Bible school about this story about, I think it was Catherine Coleman or one of these ministers who, Amy, I don't know, Amy Sybil McPherson, one of these who had a, a Bible school, had a ministry, and they were going to hire people. And they put a small piece of trash in the hallway and they watched as people walked by. And people just walked by and ignored this piece of trash and ignored it. And then there was someone who stopped and picked up the trash. And that person, I think, is the one that they hired um, for the position they were looking for. Because they wanted it where when no one was watching, what are you doing? If everything you do is for the eyes of somebody else, when that person's let you down or when, when no one's watching, are you, complete, are you a different person uh, when people are looking than when people aren't looking? So a godly leader is one who's made up their mind. Number one, I'm not doing this for people. I'm doing this for the Lord God Almighty. For me, I don't drink alcohol. I don't do that. I do that partially for people, actually. The Bible says, because I can cause someone else, I can be a stumbling block. If there's someone who's come off drugs and alcohol, and for them, drugs and alcohol are the same thing. It reminds them of a life. It's in the same group. It reminds them of a life they had, and they won't touch it. If I'm there drinking alcohol, I'm, I'm the minister. People look up to me. Oh, Pastor Ryan does that. If you knew I was listening to garbage music, if you knew I was watching terrible movies, if you knew I played video games 12 hours a day, if you knew that, you would people justify their actions by what other people do. So part of it's that I know people have conscience. But for me, I have no desire. Because if there were people that God called to separate, I'm, I'm, I'm a minister of the gospel. My standard is different than other people's standards. But I live by the standard that there's no alcohol. None allowed. Not even when I cook. You won't find a bottle of alcohol in my house. You're not going to find it. You won't see me at... at I mean, I, I posted the other day a picture of this can of South African soda. And just on purpose, I wrote, this is juice. And I've circled it because I wanted people to understand. It's a, it's a can that they're not going to recognize, and it's a sparkling juice on it, but people need to understand this is not alcohol. So you do the right thing whether or not other people are looking, even when it costs you, even when that decision's unpopular. You're guided by God's moral code, and it doesn't adjust based on who's watching. The next thing is godly uh, leadership, and that goes along with it, is godly leadership lives for God's approval. When godly, leadership under, godly leaders understand that they're going to stand before God one day and hear, well done, good and faithful servant. And we want to hear it. I want to hear that in every part of my life. I want God to look at my marriage. I want God to look at the way I'm a parent. I want God to look at the way I handle money. I want God to look at the way I work, the way I study and say, well done, good and faithful servant. A godly leader is faithful. A godly leader understands that leaders, leaders aren't born overnight. A godly leader is faithful to the process. Many people get stirred up and get excited about starting something new, but they're not faithful to work it, to work and to work and to continue to work. When I started in sales, I wasn't naturally a good salesman. I was decent, but my brother was great. He started and he was excellent at the top of the company the first year. For me, it wasn't that way, but I just decided I'm going to work and I'm going to work and I'm going to get better. And, and for me, that's been the healthiest mindset. Even when I started preaching and I would listen, you know, I'd preach and I listened to a couple of excerpts from my early on preaching and I'm like, I was so terrible. How did anyone listen to me? I can't believe people sat through that nonsense. And some of you maybe feel the same way now. But you, I, looking at it and saying, I'm willing to get better. I'm willing to improve. I'm willing to start off and say, I'm not very good at this. Let me get better at what I'm doing here. So I realize I'm not, good leadership isn't born overnight. Leads bef, good leaders lead before they have a title. This advice helped me a lot, and I give it I give it out all the time. 
when it comes to being a, 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 a future husband or a future wife, good, good spouses treat themselves like they're a spouse before they even have a girlfriend or a boyfriend. What do I mean? You act, you act that way. If you're texting a bunch of guys or if, you, if you're a girl that's texting a bunch of guys or you're a guy that's texting a bunch of girls, if you were all of a sudden in a relationship tomorrow, would you, you would then have to stop texting all those other guys and girls. You, you're, you're not going to be married. And t- if you're a guy, you're not going to be married and, and having friends that are other girls. So you, you make your decision now to act and conduct yourself like you're a spot, like you're already married. You, you, what do you do with your eyes? Guys, what do you do with your eyes? Where are you looking? Are you checking girls out? You, you understand that if you have that habit, that doesn't just go away when you get married. You have to retrain your eyes. Job says, I've made a covenant with my eyes that I'll not look on a, a, a young woman lustfully. Job, I think it's 8 verse 7. You train your eyes. So leaders lead before they have a title. Um, A leader is willing to sacrifice. A leader understands that they are serving and that they're not in charge. The scripture I'm going to read today is Luke chapter 22 and verse 23. Jesus said, And they began to inquire among themselves which of them it was that should do this thing. And there was also strife among them which of them should be accounted the greatest. And he said unto them, The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and they that exercise authority upon them are called benefactors. But you shall not be so, but he that is greatest among you, let him be as the younger, or as the servant, and he that is chief as he that does serve. For whether is greater, he that sits at meat or he that serves, is not he that sits at meat, but I am among you as he that serves." Ye are they which have continued with me in my temptations, and I appoint unto you a kingdom, as my Father has appointed unto me, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, and sit on thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And so he says here, the greatest one, for your time here on the earth, the greatest is the one that serves. Leadership is not about being the boss. Leadership is about serving the needs of other people. Fall in love with serving. Marriage is service. Leading is service. Leaders have the right attitude towards what they're doing. Leaders work hard. Leaders don't keep a record of wrongdoing. You know, you have wisdom where if I work with someone in business and they, and they steal from me, I'm, I'm not going to work with them again. So I have common sense. But at the same time, there's, you'll be around people and it may frustrate you, but people will mess up. People will make mistakes. And if they're, if they're repentant and they come and they, and they say they're sorry, Part of being a leader is looking past. The 1 Corinthians 13 says, Love keeps no record of wrongdoing. Leaderships also keep their axes sharp. The Bible says iron sharpens iron. Leaders keep the right people around. Leaders read. Leaders observe others. You know, people who are strong in the Holy Ghost are the right people to keep around. People who are wise. If you have a trouble, if you can't, you know, I used to joke around a lot when I was a teenager and a young adult jokester, joking on all the time. There comes a point where you have to divorce yourself from that, where you have to grow up and become, you can still have a sense of humor, but you grow up and you leave childish thing behind, things behind. And so you bring the people around you that are, that are not foolish people who are getting, playing pranks all the time and getting into nonsense. This is for somebody out there. You bring people around you who are mature and who are going somewhere in the things of God. If God can't trust you just to behave, how's he going to trust you with the anointing? How's he going to trust you with, with a platform? God's, God's looking for people who represent his kingdom. And then godly leaders 
focus on what they can control. This is one of the best lessons that sales taught me. There's things you can control and there's things you can't control. And so don't focus on what you can't control. It just saps your energy. You know, for us, one of the examples was we'd go knock on doors, right, for the sales job I was in. And then people would come to me at the end of the day and I'd say, hey, how was your day? And they'd say, man, it was tough. I was knocking on these doors and I knew people were inside there, but people just weren't answering. I said, well, did you knock? And they said, yes. I said, you did what you can control? Yes. Is it, could you have done anything else? Well, not really. Okay, then why are we talking about this? Control what you can control. I don't care if you knocked on 100 doors and 90 people didn't answer. 90 people looked through the window and saw your face and didn't answer. If, if, if it's a haircut you need, go control it, right? If it's, if it's a clean shirt that doesn't have a lasagna stain on it, go control it. But for the rest, don't sweat over what you can control. I heard a great quote the, uh, yesterday, and it said, don't take criticism from those that you wouldn't go to for advice. You control what you can control. There's going to be thing, times comes and people's opinion. If you let people's opinions weigh heavy on you, you won't go far. You'll have the fear of man. You do what God told you to do. You keep moving forward. And then lastly, good leaders bounce back. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 1. And it says, seeing we have received... Uh, Therefore, since God in his mercy has given us this new way or given us this ministry, we do not faint and lose heart. Therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not faint or lose heart. God has called you to do a specific thing on this earth. And so when God places you in leadership, understand that it's his grace that brought you there. It's his grace that'll keep you there. And it's his grace that'll promote you again. And so you don't faint when times get difficult. You learn to lean on the Lord's strength. And you bounce back. If, if, it's, if it's sin, you repent. You know that there's mercy. And if it's not a sin and you've been doing what you know to do, don't get discouraged. The word is full of uh, d- uh, don't grow weary in doing well for in due season you shall reap. It's plowing, 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 not knowing if there's going to be a harvest sometimes. But you keep doing. It's God, God says, uh, Paul said, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. We do our part. God will do his part. I preach, God will confirm. I teach, God will confirm. I I preach, God will save. I don't save anybody. I preach, God does his part. I'm codependent with God, and that's what makes it easy for me to bounce back. I just know that I that I'm that I don't lose heart and I don't fade. And then finally, good leaders don't quit. Hang on tight. I've had this picture in my heart. Um, since young, of when difficulties came, and it was even in sales, but when difficulties came, to just hang on for dear life. I pictured myself as like a cartoon hanging onto a flagpole. You know, if you, there's like a, a magazine, like the, the cartoon section in, the, um, in a newspaper, and, and there's like a wind that blows through, and you see a picture of a guy who's just hanging onto a flagpole, and he's completely sideways, right? Completely horizontal, and the wind's blowing. That's what I picture. There's times where the storm is raging, and the time is the wind is blowing, and your thoughts are going everywhere. But all you got to do is just hold on, because storms die down. And time will change the way you see a lot of things. Time changes things. And so hang on tight. The Lord is with you. Godly leaders don't quit. I love you. God bless you. Thanks for joining us.